1: especially take care of your health this year go get that covid vaccine and get your flu shot
2: <laughs> well we are looking forward to a big celebration <laughs> tonight thank you very much for being with us happy new year
1: happy, happy new year, year to you.
3: and to whole, all america
1: to all americans Flacid
4: the crowd <laughs> but it's okay. early not it's early. the word i
5: would use well and a little
4: early for that word okay. too.
5: it's there's there's plenty of time for them to bone up
4: so uh, yeah, okay. Well, we're kicking it off. We yes. first started. Yes. Yes. So uh, yeah. Well, I mean, do you want to talk just about the talk elephant? About it? Go, the ahead. Room, just right? go ahead. Okay.
6: So we can't drink. We're All right. We can't drink. Yes. We haven't been drinking. All right, but it's fine. Yes. 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 It's fine. It's okay. Totally cool.
4: I I don't normally drink, so it's not a big deal for me. We know, as we see every <laughs> year,
5: that's the thing. <laughs> are you going to be um, able to make it? You know, that's the question. Yeah. We will see. <laughs> do I have a pocket full of edibles? I do! Will I take them? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) I don't know. It's a long night. This is a telethon (laughs) with no disease. Do you understand? We're here all night, passing time. We're not passing time.
7: We're enjoying
4: time. Well, we're enjoying everything. We are. Every no, we are, we're we're are. and well, we're excited to be also, here. Also, the we will lineup have, of people
5: we have, we have, this have year, guests. I got to say, great guests. Yes, and, and Penny
4: Lapone, who is about to come out
5: on, on the stage. Yes, we have a lot of guests with us on the riser yeah. in the rain, which is exciting. I want to say it has been our tradition to toast with you at the top of yes. every hour. We will be doing that at the top of every hour. Here's how this is going to work. You don't know this, okay? okay? So here's but what not we're going to do. Not alcohol. See, I
4: That's, like this because there's a lot of people who are not drinking at home. Yes. A lot of people are, but a lot of people aren't. Right. So they can,
5: they can take a toast. You part all can well. take a toast with us at the okay. top of every so hour. How, what are we do? Because what we are doing is we are taking a mystery shot.
2: B1.5. It's spreading very rapidly, which means it can evade. Uh, and outcompete the other subvariants. It seems to avoid the antibodies, but also bind more tightly to cells, and that gives it a, the competitive advantage it needs. And unfortunately, the antibodies, therefore, we have from infection or vaccines don't seem to work. And the Monoclonal antibody, EvuShield, we have that a lot of immunocompromised patients don't uh, use doesn't seem to be uh, working that well. So it is a a great concern and the fact that it's spreading at this moment when people have been traveling uh, and therefore we're going to see another surge uh, going forward. We can be pretty confident of that.
8: So is this typical, you know, that the variants keep coming and as infections spread This virus finds new ways to conquer our best efforts. Uh,
2: Yes, Uh, we do see when uh, the virus spreads to lots more people that you get more variants because the more it reproduces, the higher the chance of a mutation or a recombination event. Um, And that's actually what's really concerning about China. uh, They will have a lot of deaths, unfortunately, because of the low uh, immunity they have in the population. But also that with hundreds of millions of people getting infected, likely over the next few uh, weeks, uh, they're going to have a lot more variants. And we don't have a good uh, line of sight into those variants. And
9: the than any team in football, 95% of the time, so you're essentially a weak side linebacker in the run game as well. Here's is wide open
10: to midfield and lowers the shoulder for 13. Where Joe Burrow is so good. And now another Bills player is down.
9: Tell exactly who that is. Maybe Hamlin. Jordan Poyer
10: was able to go tonight. He was iffy. They're only Pro Bowler on this very good defense. Hamlin's taken the place for the injured Micah Hyde. And that is DeMar Hamlin. A big piece of this defense for Sean McDermott. Back after this.
6: And welcome back to Flyover Politics Podcast. It is the 3rd of January, year of our Lord, 2022. I'm doing it a day early because we've got a rain out. going to go out and do something today, and I couldn't even walk. So it's one of the rare days I don't walk, but it was hammering. With thunderstorms and I don't feel like getting struck by lightning. So our intro one they're going back to covid again. We're going to talk about covid all the time cuz that's all they got. You got the uh two gay guys on CNN that I am in their camp. I tape that every year cuz it was just pure comedy. Pure comedy. I don't like either one of them. Anderson Cooper is an arrogant elitist piece of shit but it was funny and then you got more COVID with Andrew Mitchell's nodding her head and then one of the most shocking things that we all will ever see on TV was last night's game and uh you know um I saw a lot of people online some people talking about myocarditis because he's 24 and getting bashed and I saw people talking about the hit and you know I'm not a doctor I just know my good friend died just like that. And I think he has something wrong with him. He just didn't know it. And it happened last night. But I haven't seen somebody drop like that since combat. So it was a little shocking, especially in a football game. So today we're going to finish up right now with our best of 2022 stuff. You're going to have liberal freakout, um, worst analysis, Dems are awesome. Lemon literally asking about the shooter or the hatchet guy. And and once again, the FBI has all the time in the world to go after pro-life, go after people on the internet, go after everybody who attended J6. Not the people that went in. We're talking everybody. They're going after thousands of people. But we can't stop a hatchet attack. And then we have Kinziger. Kinziger is officially no longer a senator. Or a House of but he's still brought on TV because he says the words they want to hear. So here is our last of the worst of
4: 2022. I am the media joke of the week.
10: interested yeah. in power and they're only interested in and they'll do anything to get the power they'll they're willing to kill literally kill to get the power you can't have a conversation with them the only thing we can do is try to hold on to the house add a couple of senate seats it's going to be very hard but if we don't do that this might be the last election we have in in a
4: democratic uh democracy in a democracy You know liz cheney has become our true profiles and courage the john f kennedy presidential library foundation every year gives an award it should go to her she reminds us of brave republicans in the past like abraham lincoln and theodore roosevelt margaret chase smith john mccain Uh, but we have film footage of what happened on january 6th we have proof Uh, Dwight Eisenhower, during World War II, made sure all the Holocaust camps were filmed. So we've got the film footage. So now we're combating conspiracy theorists, deniers, and some, um, you know, trumpeteers. But the, my worry is, what do we call this and make sure we, we honor this day, this dark, stained day every year? So we've got to keep saying January 6th. I think it is like December 7th, Pearl Harbor. And it is like the 9-11 um, tragedy. And we also have need to not be afraid to call it the Trump insurrection of January 6th, because in the end, all roads to what went wrong that day lead to Donald Trump's ill behavior, his anti-democratic stance, he took the big lie after the presidential election tallies came in, and Joe Biden had won by millions of votes. So I saw one of your uh, campaign ads features this interaction you had with DeSantis.
11: Two months ago, I confronted Governor DeSantis on ending gun violence. And what did he say? Nobody wants to hear from you.
3: What was going on there?
11: Yeah, so... Look, Governor DeSantis never comes to Orlando. When he does, it's to either do a press conference where he's spewing bigotry and hate or to make money for his friends, which is exactly what he was doing there. He was a special guest at a private uh, thing for uh, a podcaster. And so we, in the, in the spirit of direct action and protest, we decided to show up. And look, I didn't stand up and yell and curse at him or anything. I just stood up and said, you know, Governor, what's your plan to end gun violence? We're, we're dying. And this was about a week and a half after the Uvalde shooting. He hadn't said a single word about ending gun violence. Uh, and so we came to him more of a, with a plea. And what I got returned was nobody wants to hear from you, getting dragged out by security, having popcorn thrown at me, and people yelling curse words and racial slurs. And, and,
4: and what was the reception that you got uh, for, for that ad? I mean, uh, I mean that kind of, and, and the moment went viral. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, getting shouted down by the Republican governor as a young candidate, yeah. for, as a Democrat, must actually not been a bad thing.
10: Well, we've got to start with this. There are some new details coming in this morning on the New Year's Eve machete attack near Times Square. We've learned that the 19-year-old suspect who injured three police officers carried a handwritten diary in which he wrote of his desire to join the Taliban in Afghanistan and die as a mortar. Now, law enforcement searched the attacker's home in Maine. On Sunday, he remains in custody in New York, but has not been formally charged. So joining us now from Times Square is CNN's Gloria Pazmino. Gloria, good morning to you. This is a a frightening story. What are investigators looking for, looking into at this hour?
8: That's right, Don. Good morning. We are learning more about that suspect, Trevor Bickford, as you said, from Maine, who law enforcement sources tell us traveled here to New York City last week and then approached the area near Times Square on Saturday on New Year's Eve and tried to get into this area where I'm standing right now which was highly, highly secured because of the New Year's Eve celebration. He approached one of the security checkpoints and he approached a police officer and tried to attack him with a machete. He then tried to strike another officer and that's when a third officer that was also on the scene fired a shot from his service weapon and injured the suspect, Trevor Bigford, in his shoulder. Now we are also learning according to law enforcement sources that Trevor Bickford was carrying a diary that uh, where he had handwritten notes about wanting to join the Taliban in Afghanistan and he expressed a desire to die as a martyr. Law enforcement sources also telling us that they are uh, trying to figure out both at the U.S. Southern District uh, here in New York whether he will be charged federally or uh, state law, the Manhattan district attorney also looking into this.
10: Don. Glory, do we know anything about the suspect's condition? I mean, the officer's condition, I should say.
7: Well, let's talk about 2023. On the one hand, as you say, he's certainly not going to be in prison. Even if he's indicted, that trial will take a fair amount of time. Whether he ever goes to prison, as you say, is open question. But let's talk about a year from now, end of 2023, just as we're sitting here, end of 2022. Politically, is he a weaker man? Is he a more damaged political brand? Is he facing challenges from a Ron DeSantis or any other uh, Republican who fancies their chances against him in a primary, given he is clearly, he's clearly not the candidate he was in 2016 or even 2020?
2: He is the weakened golden calf of MAGA, for sure. But you and I have had this conversation before, and uh, you know everyone was uh, promoting Ron DeSantis, especially Republicans, especially Republican donors. They're trying to make Ron DeSantis into a thing, and MAGA just isn't into him. If you look at the latest polls, guess who's the king of MAGA? Guess who they overwhelmingly still support as the leader and the presidential candidate for the Republican yeah. Party in 2024? Donald Trump. So I'll believe it when I see it, right? I'll believe it when yes. Brutus actually takes out Julius Caesar but right now, it's still Trump, the after everything that we just talked about and the fact yeah. he dined with Nick Fuentes, a white supremacist, and the fact that he said, you know what, let's terminate the Constitution.
12: We still yes. see MAGA, in the face.
2: And yeah, that's another one. You just kind of casually
12: forget about, it. oh yeah, he said oh, I'm gonna terminate oh, the Constitution. Do you think that President Trump ultimately will be charged for crime?
7: Look, I mean, when I got into this, when we started this process, I didn't know, you know, I'm not a lawyer, not a Justice Department guy, didn't necessarily know, is he guilty of a crime or not? Obviously what he did from a presidential perspective, from an oath perspective is a problem. As we've gotten into this, I look and I'm like, yeah, if, if this is not a crime, I don't know what is. If, if a president can incite an insurrection and not be held accountable, then really there's no limit to what a president can do or can't do. And so, yeah, I do, I do think, Ultimately, when we get to where we're going to go, I think the Justice Department will do the right thing. I think he will be charged.
6: And since we're in 2023, I wanted to stop with start with one of the most absurd headlines. It's right there. Ultra mega Republican. You know, when, when I get in these arguments with um, liberals um, like Mr. Carlisle, who I even sent a nice message to saying... Hey, thanks for not blocking me. And he promptly did a post about the don't listen to the haters. Truth's important. And then he tried to bait me with the military, which we'll see in a bit, or a bunch of shitbirds because I said I was in the military. Folks. You never see ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, CNN, MSNBC, WaPo, New York Times use Republican talking points, but you always see whatever the Dems are trolling out. We have the uh, uh, what Christian, what, white nationalist, white nationalist Christians. We had mega, uber mega, super mega, super duper mega terrorists, bull Connors. I mean, they they roll with all of them. All of them. And this was the first headline I saw. Yesterday. And I was just like, okay, it's the 2nd of January. We're already carting last year's shit. Then we have this book stuff. Biden fumes while coming across items Trump left behind in the White House. What a fucking asshole. And the media, once again, oh, they're so happy with this. This is like good stuff. There's good stuff. Additionally... Last year's number one late night show was Gutfeld. New York Times late night year in review never talks about Gutfeld, but he beat everybody, every single person. But th- this is our media. This is what we deal with every day because they're 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 just entwined with the cause of progressives. They live in progressive states. They work in progressive bubbles. So you get a guy like Will Carlyle and some dude from Tennessee going, you're wrong. Your stats are wrong. And your article that you believe in your heart was unbiased because you talked to some conservatives. But you talked to an activist. You didn't talk to normals. And you didn't really go in depth. Why were they carrying guns? Why was that necessary? Where is the violence? You're linking a Colorado shooter to anti-drag queen story hour but there is no connection that that's why he went and did this and you have no other proof we've been before that colorado shooting zadrowski and the rest of the msnbc cnn crowd were rolling with the nationwide violence against drag but the violence was the same reason i got suspended off twitter People just said things they didn't like. So, people picketing outside a drag story hour is a big deal. To them, that's violence. You can't do that. But you never make the linkage, ever. There's no linkage. There's linkage here. And I, I every time something comes out about Millie, the entire liberal world goes crazy. And they think it's okay. All right. But yours truly decided to get an illegal um illegal freaking disc account. Because I'm not supposed to have a disc account. They banned me all the time because I criticized Dan Abrams' website. And that's what I got banned for. Under a email. So then I went back and used a different email and they promptly banned me. So now I'm using a third email and uh, let me see if I can find my thing. I just fucked up. Oh, I was stupid. Oh, fuck me. I screwed myself an X out of the thing. Cause I wanted to read what I said. Um, let me just go to my account. View your profile. Hold on. Here we go. Um. Oh, that's not it. Oh, this is not my account. Here. Whoa. Well, fuck it. Basically, the gist of this, because it really doesn't matter, is... uh, well, I guess I can read it now. As a vet got to say, Millie's conduct comments are grounds for court-martial. His consistent progressive comments and examples, or leanings, are against UCMJ. And I've seen lists in discipline for political rhetoric that was less than him. Regardless of party, regardless of presidents, better be the... uh, Twitter musings, Uh, you can see I really need glasses. That's one of my New Year's resolutions. The military is to be apolitical, and the amount of progs and prog-leaning pundits on TV sexualizing how much they love Millie, I have to say, if he was spouting conservative rhetoric, you would see the danger of the military personnel being political. And they don't. They just don't see it. Yet, for years, all you heard these people talk about is, well, the military is too conservative. And that's why they call them white supremacists and terrorists. And we had the Clinton administration saying the biggest threat is military people because they feared the military because they didn't vote for them. Like, Let's be honest. I've said it a million times on the show. I voted every election since I was 18 and it never got counted in Oregon because they didn't count absentees especially military ones. And the numbers of stories of military ballots tossed in garbage cans are pretty crazy. But then our buddy Will Carlyle, who I'm going to keep following because he's a libtard and a dick, it's always been wild to me that in a country where the military is so sacredly venerated, every military story is always like this, or we lost $3 trillion and don't where it is. U.S. Capitol officers were fighting for their lives on January 6th The reinforcements were deployed to the Pentagon to protect the homes of U.S. generals. These stories are coming out because they're trying to overtake the story that is the story, which is Nancy Pelosi blocked the National Guard. She blocked it. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I've read a lot of conspiracies online, and I gotta agree, it looks a lot like they knew this was coming down and they needed it. And they didn't think it would get violent because conservatives don't do what liberals do. And they let it happen, and then, oh shit, now they gotta cover up. I mean, let's be honest. Nancy Pelosi was told a whole bunch of times that there was going to be a, a protest at the Capitol, and she was with a film crew that day, her daughter. So she prepped it. She wanted that film crew there. Pentagon, FBI, DH, failed on January 6th, former Capitol Police, chief, safe. But he's also the same guy who said, I asked six times and nothing came. So now we're going with the, uh, mm, uh yeah, let's protect Nancy Pelosi because she's the greatest thing ever. Oh, I'm not ready for this guy yet. What the military... Or not the military, but the media doesn't want to cover is for winter, America is still paying high gasoline prices and we're also paying heating oil prices and nobody seems to fucking care that the normal American is fucked. I'm starting a new segment today called Misinformation because the people that cry about misinformation are the ones spreading misinformation. Like Will Carlyle in his article that... The Antifa with guns are good people. And one rando protester that nobody's heard of is so bad and dangerous. So this is a PolitiFact guy. Um, the article is PolitiFact and their so-called COVID fat checker with no medical experience dragged in a beautiful, beautiful thread. This lady is called Texas Liberty. And I thought it was interesting, so we're going to read it. Meet Jeff. For what it's worth, Jeff looks like a nice guy. I'm even willing to bet that Jeff wakes up every day and tries his best to do his job despite his shortcoming and lack of credentials to do so. You see, Jeff is a fact-checker for PolitiFact and gets paid to discredit COVID misinformation. So one might ask, what are Jeff's qualifications? Is Jeff a doctor? A scientist? Does he have a PhD? Does he have medical experience? The answer is no to every one of those. Jeff... Is for all intent and purpose a wordsmith alongside a profile picture of him as a dog, as a list of journalistic contributions associations. And I love that she used wordsmith. I need to bring it back into my repertoire. If you remember, I say that all the time. Back in 2016, we were mocking all the crazy LGBT and 99 pronoun shit, and we thought it was just going to stay on campus. It wasn't become government policy. They were wordsmithing everything amongst themselves because, remember, we went into the rabbit hole and went into a trans LGBT website where they were all calling each other cis and turfs because they didn't want to be two-spirit. They hadn't worked their shit out. Like I said before, Jeff's probably a nice guy, but Jeff is one of the many in the epidemic of false fact-checking prophets who are plaguing society right now, each of whom are paid to discredit, inconvenient truths, and mislead the public. For instance, take a look at a fact-check by Jeff as recently an example of the work. Jeff rated his tweet as false. And let's just go in here to the thread because it'll be easier to read it. So the FDA finally come out and said Pfizer COVID shot caused blood clots only two years late. Much will come to light as Fauci loses power. Jeff, FDA finalized. False. That's actually true. So how did Jeff arrive at the false conclusion? Well, weirdly, it is unclear since the evidence he presented to support the false claim directly contradicts his conclusion and actually verifies the original tweet. Now, one might ask, are false fact-checking profits just totally inept? Are false fact-checking profits relying on ineptity to the public? Some would likely make a case for either. There's also another recent fact check that was also conducted as false by Jeff. This claim was regarding a social media post insinuating that clots and strokes in athletes are likely side effects. There's no evidence linking COVID-19 to strokes. One of the athletes mentioned had a stroke due to blood clots, so did Jeff find evidence proving it wasn't caused by C-19? No. Doctors said they were able to determine a cause, so how can the vaccine be ruled out? It can't. Therefore, Jeff lied by omission. And another of the athletes affirmation doesn't support his false label, label, label either. And further validates He should have labeled it as an inconclusive unknown since Jeff was unable to explicitly rule out the blood clot. If Jeff was a pathologist, vaccinologist, or treated any of the athletes that we might view it as his medical opinion, but he's not. Sadly, Jeff acts as a propagandist, decrediting inconvenient truths at the expense of misleading the public. And if you really want to break it down, that's every fact check we have now. It all is just based on does it go against the narrative? <clears throat> like this new narrative. Every week I can put out this. This is a Vanity Fair by Michael Calderon, a total lib progressive activist, latest from Schlevens, a comprehensive guide to why Ron DeSantis' presidency would be as terrifying as Trump. He thinks it's he can it's okay to treat human beings like chattel. He's dangerously anti-science because he goes after the lies of COVID. He wants to make it harder for people to vote and Floridians arrested as a part of another one's political. No, 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 no. They have the highest voting they've ever had and all they were doing is um, flushing out voter fraud. That's what his force was. He's anti-free speech, particularly the kind of free speech that says the United States hasn't always been great for non-white people. He's against critical race. He's waging war on trans people because he doesn't want men taking women's accomplishment. Don't say gay law never was it. So right there, you've lost all credibility. That was not in the bill, and it never had anything to do with don't say gay. He's a massive bully. He's anti-abortion. He supported Donald Trump. It was too long politically. He saw no need for the Respect for Marriage Act. He made it harder for protesters to speak out about injustice and easier for anti-justice people to hit protesters with their cars. That's total fucking bullshit. He has no interest in preventing gun violence. According to people who know him, he's an awful person, has been for many years. Ben Shapiro, as predictably as night following day see example the media and the left have promulgate the lie that when trump goes away so does their animus for those who voted for him that lie is transparent within months we'll be hearing about how any prospective 2024 republican is worse than trump and if you think about it i said it before ben shapiro so i fucking win <laughs> i win insert name mike pence it'd be too religious won't be in a room with a, a young girl. He's sexist on top of a religious. And he let Trump be evil, even though now they're saying he's a great guy. If Liz fucking Cheney ran for president, Zandowski and Carlisle would be doing full-fledged articles about how Liz Cheney is bad for America and her election could be a Trojan horse for conservative ideas. And they love Liz Cheney. They masturbate to her. Tubin literally was looking at her picture when he was shaking hands with the sheriff. Just true. So we're going into COVID. The first thing you're going to see is a 60 Minutes segment followed by another 60 Minutes segment followed by another climate catastrophe fucking thread. Because Jesus Christ, if it isn't COVID, it's it's like they rotate. The media goes, Trump... Other bad conservatives, COVID, climate, Trump. It's like a big circle. They don't put anything else out and they don't actually cover their fuck up attitudes, because that would hurt their party.
3: Finding solutions to the problems was the goal two weeks ago at the UN Biodiversity Conference where nations agreed to conservation targets. But at the same meeting, in 2010, those nations agreed to limit the destruction of the Earth by 2020, and not one of those goals was met. This despite thousands of studies, including the continuing research of Stanford biologist Paul Ehrlich. You know that there is no political will to do any of the things that you're recommending.
10: I know there's no political will to do any of the things that I'm concerned with, which is exactly why I and the vast majority of my colleagues think we're, we've had it, that the next few decades will be the end of the kind of civilization
3: we're used to. In the 50 years since Ehrlich's population bomb, humanity's feasting on resources has tripled, We're already consuming 175% of what the Earth can regenerate. And consider, half of humanity, about 4 billion, live on less than $10 a day. They aspire to cars, air conditioning, and a rich diet. But they won't be fed by the fishermen of Washington's Salish Sea, including Armando Briones. The tribe has been fishing salmon here for hundreds of years. Yeah. And your generation is seeing the end
10: of that. It's getting harder and harder. Um, I hate to say I don't want to say it's the end of it.
3: Why do you feel so emotionally attached to this?
10: It's everything we know. I'm fortunate enough to know where I know a lot of different things. I've done a lot of different things in my life. I've gotten good at uh, evolving and changing, Um, but not everybody here is built like that. And to some of us, this
7: is what they know. This is all they know.
3: The five mass extinctions of the ancient past were caused by natural calamities.
12: 15 minutes of freedom here in the UK. So let me tell you the plan. The plan is in Oxford, and this has just been passed by the council, to divide the city here into bit of a squiggly city, into six parts. So one, two, three, four, five, six. And you will only have the freedom to operate in the part that you live. So if this is you, the idea is that everybody will live within 15 minutes of the things they need. 15 minutes of a school, 15 minutes of a doctor's, 15 minutes of a supermarket. And if you want to travel to the other zones in your city or maybe soon your town, you will have to go out an approved route. You will have to journey around the outside of the city in order to re-enter another section of the city this plan is supposed to be saving the planet and the idea is that you won't simply be able to cross over into other sections of your city anymore so if your mother for example lived over here you wouldn't be able to just go across and see her
8: A massive week-long cross-country storm that dropped
12: four feet of snow in the west,
8: brought blinding blizzard conditions to the upper Midwest and dozens of tornadoes to the south. Then, a historic and deadly bomb cyclone crippled half the country over the holidays, bringing with it plummeting temperatures, blizzard conditions lasting nearly 40 hours and 50 inches of snow. The storm pushed the city of Buffalo into the record books. It's the city's snowiest start to the season ever, at least 100 inches and counting. Dylan Dreyer, NBC News.
13: Our thanks to NBC's Dylan Dreyer for that reporting. Let's bring in Michael Mann. He's the director of the University of Pennsylvania Center for Science, Sustainability, and the Media. And he's also the author of The New Climate War. Michael, welcome in. In a year that featured so many extreme climate events, what stood out to you as being the most significant?
4: Yeah, thanks.
2: It's great to be with you. And, you know, we saw a little bit of everything uh, this this past year. We saw pretty much everything that climate change has to throw at us in the form of these amplified extreme weather events, whether it's the, the heat and the drought and the wildfires that we've seen out west, um, the unprecedented flooding events that we've seen around the country. Uh, And even these winter storms, some people uh, think that it's somehow inconsistent that we see these bigger snowfalls as a result of climate change and global warming. But it's entirely consistent.
6: You know, they simultaneously run articles of how kids are so fucking traumatized by COVID, yet they run shit like that. Just fear mongering. Paul Hendricks said millions of people would starve by the 70s under nourishment. Has more than half since then, but like any good doomsday culturist, every time his apocalyptic prediction fails, he just changes the date. A couple months ago, or a couple—it was about a month ago—I watched *An Inconvenient Truth*. I'd watched it before, but I watched it again. If any conservative made a video, That had such dire predictions with specific dates. And none of those dates came true. The media would be running articles about it. But Al Gore's. Award winning documentary. Literally. Was full of bullshit. I mean once again we're supposed to be underwater. We're supposed to be frozen. We're supposed to be dead. From Leonard Nimoy. In the 70s to now, where short people are the savior, it literally says, from where I stand at five feet even, being tall is a wildly held fantasy of superiority that long ago should have been retired, and that short people will save the fucking planet. That's the basics of the article. It's a little painful. Very fucking painful. So, We're going to go into our misinformation segment with our new bumper. You're going to see three little hits from Meet the Press, which me and the wife watched. And then another Midy Hassan racist piece of shit article where he's literally talking, are they fascist, neo-fascist, fascist, fascist, fascist? And I love playing these clips for you because the reality is the people talking about fascism are the fucking fascist.
14: You thought you had a bill that was at least going to um, it, was a, it was designed to help uh, journalistic organizations, both big and small, to um, get to get properly, um, to get properly uh, funded by, by Facebook and all that, a similar law to Australia. You thought it was a done deal and it was gone in 24 hours. How powerful is this tech lobby?
8: so powerful that you literally can have a bill that got through the Judiciary Committee with strong bipartisan support. You can get promises from leaders that it's going to be in a, a major end-of-year bill, and then within 24 hours, it's gone, it's vanished. Because one company, two companies, in this case, Facebook and Google, uh, by the way, Google made $66 billion in one quarter in advertising, while we are going to lose one-third of the nation's newspapers by 2025. We had such strong support for this bill, Mm -hmm. but these guys just make a few calls and they just say, hey, you know, this is gonna hurt us just like they did in Australia. The difference was in Australia, uh, their government stood up and said, no, we're gonna do this, and we're gonna say, you've gotta negotiate with these news organizations Mm -hmm. to get fair price for their content.
14: Should government be focused on user protection, consumer protection, more than trying to regulate the companies? Mm.
1: That's a great question. Um, right, other industries are kept safe because there is something I call the ecosystem of accountability. Mm -hmm. You know, there's lawyers that understand what a cut corner looks like. There's Mm -hmm. investors that understand how to manage for long-term returns. Mm -hmm. Remember, Facebook's stock price is down like 70% right Right. now. That's that's informed citizens like Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Mm -hmm. That's legislative aides that understand what's possible. Right now, that entire ecosystem is missing because the social media companies hid the information. And so when we talk about should we be protecting users, mm-hmm. we are so far at the beginning that it is difficult to even put everyone at a table and say, this is the menu of what's possible. Let's, de- let's negotiate what the floor looks like.
14: Uh, I know you don't have as much insight into other tech companies, but should we assume that this uh, opaqueness um, on algorithms and how things work is similar at Twitter and at TikTok? Uh, and at YouTube
1: hundred percent so one of the most important things marks I' uh, mark that Elon Musk could do to mm-hmm. prove that he wants to have the public square mm-hmm. is he could publish the algorithms
14: when you were at Homeland Security you were just beginning to deal with this misinformation issue um, how did you tackle it then and, and looking back how would you be tackling it now
15: uh, looking back at the 2016 election and I should mention that uh, as a lawyer, I have clients. Yes,
14: Paul Weiss. You work for a firm that does, Paul Weiss, that does represent some of these social media companies. Made that disclosure.
15: Yes. Um, This was the Trojan horse of 2016. Mm -hmm. In 2016, I, as Secretary of Homeland Security, was very focused on potential cyber attacks on election infrastructure. And just before I left office, I declared the election infrastructure to be critical infrastructure. And we were worried about, you know, Ballot counting, reporting, and so forth. Turned out that was not the issue, hasn't been the issue, wasn't Mm -hmm. the issue in 2020, wasn't the issue in 2022. The Trojan horse was the extent to which the Russian government invaded our American conversation. And it's spelled out in the Mueller indictment, but this is an issue that we've really yet to get our arms around because it does implicate free speech.
7: Jason, the GOP is back in power again, at least in the House of Representatives, which means there'll be a fair bit of normalizing of them again by the media. In your view, is it fair to describe the modern GOP as neo-fascist or proto-fascist, or to quote Joe Biden on the MAGA movement, semi-fascist?
2: There's certainly within the modern GOP uh, as the scapegoating of LGBT citizens demonstrates uh, a uh, a fascist movement rising. Uh, we and and to talk about this as some kind of European thing is a confusion since uh, as since you know fascism uh, is uh Jim Crow with a uh, with a foreign accent uh, so uh, so uh, so we have a native we have multiple native far-right extremists, uh, movements christian nationalism uh we've got a sort of heritage of jim crow uh we've got uh we, we've got an anti-democratic business establishment uh, and this is a structure a grouping that's going to bring people to vote for an
10: authoritarian uh party mm-hmm.
6: You like that bumper? It's a little Duran Duran song I found, but I thought it was perfect. Where it says, "Is it from a reputable store- source?" And they use CNN unequivocally, even for liberals. Post Trump, CNN's the lowest viewers. So clearly, they're not reputable. Hmm. Researchers say FBI statistics on hate crimes across country are flawed. And before I get to the article, suspect suspected New York City police stabbings may have Islamic extremist ties. But they didn't... They, he was on the radar. But once again, they're too busy going after pro-life people or anti-drag show fucking protesters or anybody who was at the Capitol on January 6th. They're literally still going after people who just attended the speech. Remember, we had a summer of tearing down everything, burning police precincts and federal buildings and courthouses and whole cities. FBI wasn't doing a dragnet. They had no shock and awe, which shows how much garbage they are. The FBI recorded a drop in hate crimes in 2021, but those years, tally may not give a true account of hate crimes in the United States as thousands of law enforcement agencies were absent from the accounting. And there you have it. Didn't find what we want. That was PBS. Didn't find what we want. The narrative. Then you have most people in the world... If you're not a progressive in a bubble or your name's not Matt Carlisle, in terms of culpability, Ray Epps is on video encouraging a crowd to riot and admitted such in a sworn statement. I also orchestrated it. House GOP has an obligation to find out his role, who he was communicating with, and whose power helped set up the events of January 6th. Once again, we've heard... I'm. I'm gonna play this one more time for anybody who may be watching and does not remember who fucking Ray Epps was.
9: All right, noted. Okay, but one more thing. Yes,
4: yeah, so we go up there? No?
9: When we go in. Are we going to get arrested? If we go up there? Yeah, you don't need to get shot. You
4: arrest us all.
6: Now he was all over the place, seen as a person who was telling people to go in the Capitol. It was all over Twitter. It wasn't a conservative thing. It was everywhere. I I saw it day one. I was podcasting, and a friend of mine who was anti-Trump was screaming on a phone at me, and I literally was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Because I didn't, I wasn't watching. I was doing a podcast on January sixth, twenty twenty-one. The only person not sitting in jail for J6 is the guy who orchestrated it. The only reason why they are protecting him is because the Fed was working with him. Michelle Gina, these are all normal people. These are not conservatives. Inquiring minds want to know, did I miss an early morning raid on Mr. Epps? Try again, former mayor. It's it's all there. The transcripts have been released. This guy under oath said he was part of it. You see videos where he's screaming it, and normal people are going, he's a Fed. Don't do what he's saying. Do not go in. Don't break stuff. People that were actually mega, mega didn't want to go in there. All the other shitheads, like the Proud Boys and the people that they've grabbed, they had left the speech way ahead of time and were breaking the windows before Donald Trump literally said, go to the Capitol and peacefully protest. And I'm not a Trump person, I'm not a mega person. But that impeachment and holding him accountable for what people do, when Schumer said, you will reap the whirlwind. Waters said, go in there and don't let them be in public. I've seen Dems say way worse, and I've watched Dems my entire life. 2000, 2004, 2018, 2016, question every fucking election they've lost. And the media questioned it with them. The whole Russia collusion by Mueller was a nothing burger. They didn't install Trump. The P-tapes. Everything was proven to be bullshit. They broke the law in spite on a campaign because the Obama administration did it before. They used the IRS to go after conservatives. It was a scandal. Nothing happened. They all got to walk. So Adam Kinziger says, literally untrue. We need to go on the Capitol and the Capitol. I also orchestrated it. Meet Adam. Adam is a lying sack of shit. Don't be Adam. He was literally caught on camera, literally saying it.
9: Tomorrow,
7: we need to go into
6: the I played that a million times on this when I started unpulling the truth and finding out what really happened because I was shocked that conservatives would do that. I just didn't think they would do something like that. Not that I'm a conservative, because I don't claim to be GOP and I don't claim to be Dem, but I just didn't see that happening. And then when you break it down that there were some conservative people that did it, there were also Antifa people in there, there was an NBC film crew that was there, and there was this Ray Epps, and then we know the FBI had informants in the group, and they knew this was going to happen. To this day, we don't even know about the pipe bombs, because they talk about the pipe bombs, they proved that the vice president lied, and she wasn't where she was. Just like AOC caught lying she wasn't in the Capitol when the Capitol's being attacked. attacked. She was somewhere completely else. But zero questioning by our media because they they have the narrative. They know this narrative works. It gets Dems to the poll. All they have to do is talk about J6 and people go and vote. Lauren Bulbert, Kinziger, goes after her. I don't know if I have this or not. I don't think I do. Oh. The J6 committee withdrew Donald Trump's subpoena. I thought they were so close to catching him. I thought imprisonment was imminent and inevitable. Weren't the walls closing in? Oh, well, better luck next time, kids. Nah, don't worry. His time will come. It ain't over. Adam Kinziger. Never give up the dream, I guess, Adam. If there's a next time, you'll be watching on TV, though. Keep the Kliemenichs nearby. Threatening political adversaries like a true communist. Well done, Adam. You act like you know something. You don't know shit. You're an embarrassment to the human race. Unlike your time in commons was over. Waffle House is hiring. A lot of fucking people chirping back at him because he's a fucking asshole. The next one, raw story. Adam and Kinziger, if Trump's role on January 6th isn't considered a crime, I don't know what it is. And every one of these pictures by the left, they have him and Cheney trying to prove the bipartisan. And in the history of our republic, no opposing figures picked the people for a inquiry. And that's what happened in this. So the media just glosses over and pretends, although no, no, they're objective. No, they're not. They were anti Trumpers. They wanted to be there. They were hand picked. She rejected the people they want because she called everybody who questioned the legitimacy of Biden's election an insurrectionist and they tried to take him off the fucking ballot. Yet they did the very same thing when Bush was elected. 90 of the motherfuckers didn't even go to the inauguration. Do we remember? From the article, Kinziger is calling the Justice Department to prosecute Trump, telling CNN that if his role on January 6th is not considered a crime. Then I don't know what is. Kinziger is a member of the J6 committee, he made his comments after the committee released its final report, and recommended that Trump be prosecuted for conspiracy to defraud the U.S. conspiracy to make false statements, obstruction of official proceeding, and inciting an insurrection. If the president can incite an insurrection and not be held accountable. Then really, there's no limit to what presidents can do or not do. If he's not guilty of crime, I frankly fear the future for this country. People's replies. Kinziger is only trending because people are celebrating his time over in Congress. Guess what? Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney will be unemployed in 24 hours. That was December 30th. Adam Kinziger and Liz Cheney are gone from Congress on Tuesday. That's worth celebrating. Kinziger prepares for life after Congress. Sweet God, Jesus. I got to show this picture. How did I miss this? Uh, Where are we at? We're down here. Tell me it flipped. Bam! (laughs) That's our misinformation. And that's why I'm putting in this section, because it's all misinformation. Was Trump a douchebag for doing what he did? Yes. Should he have done what he did? No. Should he have tried to get him to challenge it using other electors? No. But to say that he is the first... This this is the storyline from the progressive media. He is the first president... To challenge, and it's never happened before, is a fucking lie going back in our history. There's been all sorts of people that try to challenge elections, and the Democrats have done it in my lifetime, as I said, for every fucking election they've lost. When we had the Twitter thing, the most misinformation people that left because they thought there'd be misinformation and disinformation and violent rhetoric, they went to Mastodon. And now we have articles everywhere from non-progressive or Republican sites. It is huge for child porn. Majority of content I'm asked on social media is child porn. They have all sorts of problems over there. And for whatever reason, all the media went there, including one underscore, the new guy for misinformation. Another lady who pushes misinformation Taylor Lorenz, th- this is her tweet. Wild to see people posting endless videos of their packed New Year's Eve party while ERs are packed and doctors are rationing care. This was this New Year's, not others. Other tweet, having my car break down while it's pouring rain is very fitting end to this cursed year. It's just so funny to me that she has no qualms about posting her own Ls on Twitter for all to see. Taylor posting Ls online and it's funny the libs of TikTok lady went after her because she tried to dox her whole fucking family. Went to the house. But that's okay cuz that's what she that's her job. That's what her whole purpose was. Mira Servino, somebody I really liked. Does anyone else feel shell-shocked, hideously wrong of our nation's past? We thought we progressed beyond, found footing as pseudo-defensible positions, bigotry, slavery, white supremacy, colonialism, anti-Semitism, hatred of women, LGBTQIA folk, and migrants as though they were legit. We think we are on this inexorable climb to progress, growth quality, only to realize we are only one degree away from Auschwitz, or George Washington's Thousands of Slaves. The genocide of millions of Native Americans are the justification for Harvey Weinstein's rapes. Linus Shrike. It's about as accurate as saying we're all just one degree away from trading our cars and for horses and buggies. It's really sad, pessimistic take, and I discount the achievements of the entire civil rights movement in the 50s, 60s of those who fought hard for inequality. We're only one degree away from Auschwitz. You've, got de- you've just demonstrated your insane ignorance and willingness to act as a pawn for fanatical leftist liars. I say this as the son of the latest Jewish children the Nazis allowed to leave occupied Vienna. I just saw a really good picture, which I'm going to bring in right now, and we're going to use it going forward because it's really good. How is that not misinformation? Why is that okay? Why? These are the misinformation people. Nothing in that statement is true, but it's all the time on the left. Nazis, Auschwitz, it just never fucking ends. RNC research. We watched thousands of hours of Democrats this year, so you don't have to, and they are truly unhinged things. Here are some of the most memorable moments of 2022. I am just going to play a montage because this is some good-ass shit.
1: Uh, Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? Not in this context. I'm not a biologist.
8: So the United States shares a very important relationship which is an alliance with the republic of north korea and it is an alliance that is strong and enduring the governor and i and we were all um, doing a tour of the library here and um, talking about the significance of the passage of time right the significance of the passage of time so when you think about it there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires what we need to do to create these jobs and there is such great significance to the passage of time when we think about a day in the life of our children now in- inflation is is really high are you concerned about a recession the administration said um that they weren't, weren't that worried about the in- about inflation and then mm-hmm that changed. I think that there can be no higher priority than what
11: we have been clear is our highest priority, which is bringing down the costs and the prices as much as we possibly can. And we will stay focused on that.
9: Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10,000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two.
13: I will never stop standing up for Big Pharma and standing against my constituents. Thank you Ann. Was it
9: a mistake in so many states and so many localities uh, to see schools closed as long as they were?
10: I think in some case, I, w- I don't want to use the word mistake, John, because if I do, it gets taken out of the context that you're asking me the question on. too high a price? Yeah, I would say that what we should realize and have realized that there will be deleterious collateral consequences when you do something like that. This idea that this virus doesn't afflict children is not so.
1: We have a shortage of workers in our country, and you see even in Florida, some of the farmers and the growers saying, why are you shipping these uh, immigrants uh, up north? We need them to pick the crops down here. one more
9: economic are about the strength of the
1: dollar right
9: now. I'm not concerned about the transfer of the dollar. I'm concerned about the rest of the world. Does that make sense? Yes. Our economy is strong as hell. In the Inflation is worldwide. It's worse off everywhere else it is in the United States. So the problem is the lack of economic growth and sound policy. In other countries, not so much how worldwide
1: inflation. You're, you're
7: giving a speech uh, Mr. President, thank you. At the end of such a momentous event, the word thank you seems kind of inadequate. But for all the millions whose lives will be saved for the communities where life will be transformed thank you so thank you president biden for your outstanding i'm sick of this stuff
3: we have to talk about it because the american people think the reason for inflation is government spending more money simply not true
9: and you're going to see when you're there and some of you have been there you're going to see you're going to see women Young people standing, standing in the middle of the front of a damn tank, just saying, "I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground." They're incredible.
8: On oil leases. What this actually justifies in President Biden's view is the fact that we need to reduce our dependence on foreign oil, on oil in general, and, need to, and we need to look at other ways of, process, of having energy in our country and others. One of the interesting things, George, we've seen over the last week or so is that a number of European countries are recognizing they need to reduce their own reliance on Russian oil. There is
1: no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a
12: designed to convince people
1: that men have the right to take control of a woman's body waste her. But they've also given us a model to become our own leaders. And let me tell you what it means to, to me coming in as a different generation. I remember my middle child waking up with nightmares over concern around climate change.
4: Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, We have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers, but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Well, damn, that's
6: a good little bang Let's Let's be honest, if a vice president... Like Quail could get away with all that stuff and all the things they said. Just, I mean, this administration is glowing, glaring, 100% proof that our media is just part of the Democratic Party. Because to be able to get away with all this stuff and statements and You know They had just spent a month on that last one saying that Tucker Carlson was the Antichrist because he was talking about the Great Replacement Theory, and then Chuck Schumer goes out and talks that we need the Great Replacement Theory. (laughs) I mean, what the fuck? So, going to go into woke now. Uh, You're going to start with a trans boy who killed her dad. That's not a huge, or his dad, or I don't fucking know. The Miami woke police car and then our favorite Dylan Mulvaney, who met the president uh, and now all of a sudden um, seems to have gotten facial reconstruction surgery. So, uh, yeah, there's there's that. Turn
0: it up.
12: Hey Blue! Look at all these families! Hi families! It's time for a pride parade! Families
16: marching one by one, hurrah! Hurrah! Families marching one by one, hurrah! Hurrah! This family has two mummies. they love each
12: other so proudly And they all go marching in the big parade!
8: say
12: how do
5: you feel it's real it's really fucking real do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care
9: i don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question i just think it's wrong
5: it's day 222 of being a girl, I'm in Washington DC and I'm going to the White House to speak to the President of the United States! Ah. You know that phrase, I fear I may have boss too close to the sun? Well that's how I feel today because I get to sit down with Joe Biden and now this news and I get to ask him a few questions surrounding trans issues in the United States and talk to him about my transness, and I I really just want to represent my community the best that I can. And you know what, as silly as I am on here, I'm ready to step up and show that trans people were not going anywhere, and that trans kids, they deserve a fighting chance to be their true selves, okay? Oh my God, I'm running late, let's go. And y'all are obviously wondering what I'm gonna wear to meet the president. Here you go, it's the trans flag colors. Cute, right? So heels? Okay, Dylan, you're going to be great. I love you. Let's go. Come on. Do you think I just knock on the front door? Let's go.
17: Looking for the president's dog. Our queen, love you. miss
11: you all already. Um,
4: And I'm really, I'm
5: I'm doing well. So thank you for supporting me. Um, And I love you so much. Thank you. Love you
4: that and
6: show me my dick guy can go into the white house you and i not happening not happening before we get into some more lgbt lgbt tbzb john stockton went out and said something that for the love of god and everything holy he is going to get canceled
8: You know, I, I would be derelict if I didn't ask you this question, John, because uh, it, there's there's one article here, and, and quite a few of them mention this, that you you claimed that 100, 150 athletes have dropped dead be- since the vaccine came out. Where did you get that information?
9: Well, I got it from a lot of places. Otherwise, I would have never had the confidence to share it. That, that's the beauty of it is, I I mean, I... I've quite a system that I go through before I open my mouth especially with statistics and I knew at the time 150 was dramatically low and uh, I mean I thought it was in the area of 300 so when I went, when I went and spoke at the spokesman review we had a nice interview and they asked
6: And then we have our sensor track so um I guess I should go through the videos really quick uh, where is it mm-hmm. That, uh, female 20 year old daughter of a man who was found stabbed to death in Brooklyn apartment was arrested and charge of murder. So it's a dude that became a girl. Stockton says bonker claims thousands of pro athletes have died. And that just hit media like a ton of fucking bricks. And, um, I guess I don't need to cover that. Yeah. So we're going to go into the, uh, where the hell are we at? Right here. Top six worst censor track cases of 2022. Uh, number one, Instagram fact check the Lord's Prayer. The, I didn't cover that one. What did, what did they find wrong with the Lord's Prayer? What the fuck over? Uh, Instagram account Catholic Pervain posted a graphic that contained the Our Father Lord's Prayer. Pause, pray, and comment amen so others could see and join in the prayer. And Anti-God Instagram explicitly placed a fact check and Intestinal over the post and directed users to the USA Today fact check article titled "Facebook Does Not Ban the Posting of the Lord's Prayer." While Instagram did not ban the prayer, according to Facebook users, failed to click through fact check intestinal 95% of the time, meaning fact check posts are severely suppressed. Meta's parent company of both Instagram and Facebook, so they basically. Stopped you from doing the Lord's Prayer by saying we don't ban the Lord's Prayer. Anti-TikTok apparently retaliating against pro-life organizations the day the Supreme Court overturned Roe Wade. LinkedIn censored veterans who fought for American freedom. Google buried 10 Senate Republican candidate campaign websites. We covered that. The Babylon B account was locked. The left hates libs of TikTok and big tech does the latest of the mob. And I'm gonna try to find that sound bite, but here are seven from MRC in video format of other times. Big tech has gone after conservatives.
13: Ladies and gentlemen, you made it. 2022 was quite the year for free speech. As we head into the new year, let's take a look back at 2022's free speech hits and misses. It didn't take long for the Biden administration to flex its anti-free speech muscles in 2022. In April, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas unveiled the Disinformation Governance Board. The board's purpose? To combat so-called misinformation, which is just left to speak for silencing anyone with opinions they disagree with. Thankfully, the Department of Homeland Security terminated the Disinformation Governance Board a few months later after severe public backlash. The move occurred after MRC business unearthed connections to liberal billionaire George Soros. Apparently, Americans were not thrilled at the idea of their government controlling what they could and could not say online. Shocking, I know. However, the Biden administration indicated that we have not seen the last of the Disinformation Governance Board. A Homeland Security Advisory Council report claimed the DHS can and must still work to counter so-called disinformation consistent with the law and best practices. The Disinformation Governance Board's demise was certainly a win for free speech appears the battle is far from over. Using our exclusive track database, the Media Research Center shined a spotlight on the true harms of censorship. We dubbed it the secondhand censorship effect. During the first three quarters of 2022, MRC Free Speech America documented a total of 435 individual censorship cases. However, the harm of these censorship cases extended well beyond those 435 cases. Those acts of censorship denied over 251 million social media users access to information. For example, Twitter locked former New York Times journalist and author Alex Berenson's account in October. It's unclear whether a specific post led to the lock, but Berenson has consistently criticized COVID-19 measures, such as lockdowns and mask mandates. By locking his account, Twitter denied Berenson's audience of over 400,000 Twitter followers access to COVID-19 information. With each new deleted post or suspended account, the harms of censorship continues to compound. PayPal also seemed to take a swing at free speech when individuals and groups such as Gaze Against Groomers, Us For Them, and the Free Speech Union said the payment processing site shut down their accounts or froze their funds. PayPal's alleged censorship put the true harms of censorship on full display by withholding funds organizations depend on to stay afloat.
11: And of course, the other thing that happens is you lose all the direct debits, so the recurring payments, which we have taken two years to build up, are all lost.
13: If big tech companies continue to target individuals, small businesses and organizations simply because they don't agree with what they have to say, then big tech becomes no better than a totalitarian social credit system. In October, MRC Free Speech America researchers caught Google meddling with search results ahead of the 2022 midterm elections. Google buried Senate Republican campaign websites in 10 of 12 races, real clear politics designated as the most important to watch. Republican campaign websites appeared far lower, or did not appear at all, on page one of Google's organic search results in 83% of searches analyzed. At the same time, the search engine highlighted their Democratic opponent's campaign websites. MRC Free Speech America researchers also analyzed the 36 top House races only to find that Google showed no bias against Republicans in those races, where polling showed the House did not hang in the balance. A third study exposed Google for burying candidates who have aggressively acted against big tech, either legislatively or vocally. The search behemoth also attempted to manipulate undecided voters in a Georgia runoff Senate race. Is there really any other way to describe Google's actions other than an attempt to interfere in American elections? Thankfully, the news wasn't all doom and gloom in 2022. In July, the states of Louisiana and Missouri filed a lawsuit saying that government officials colluded with big tech to censor free speech under the pretext of fighting so-called misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation.
14: What we've uncovered so far is that at least 45 Folks from the Biden administration were in constant communication uh, with these uh, social media platforms to censor and suppress speech, had weekly calls on censorship calls. Uh, these social media platforms were changing their terms of service to deplatform folks. And then, in addition to that, you had literally a high-ranking Facebook official texting the Surgeon General of the United States saying, Hey, we did what you asked. What more can we do?
13: The ongoing lawsuit cited a media research center study that uncovered six hundred and forty-six instances over the last two years where social media platforms censored public criticism of then-candidate and now-president Joe Biden. Little did we know, that would not be the last time we heard of government collusion with big tech companies. Joe Rogan shined a spotlight on online censorship when he interviewed Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg. On an episode of Rogan's podcast, Zuckerberg admitted that his platform censored the Hunter Biden bombshell reporting by the New York Post only after receiving FBI pressure.
11: The FBI, I think, basically came to us, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was, the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of, um, uh, that's similar to that, so just be vigilant.
13: Speaking of government collusion with the tech industry, enter the Twitter files. The explosive release of internal Twitter information confirmed what conservatives have previously said, that government entities and big tech companies work together to censor your speech online. The various installments of the Twitter files detailed the ongoing relationships of big tech platforms with federal government agencies, including the CIA and FBI. Journalist Matt Taibbi, who has reported several file drops, wrote, The files show the FBI acting as the doorman to a vast program of social media surveillance and censorship, encompassing agencies across the federal government, from the State Department to the Pentagon to the CIA. Twitter's new owner Elon Musk chimed in with a tweet on Taibbi's reporting. Musk said, Most people don't appreciate the significance of the point Matt was making. Every social media company is engaged in heavy censorship, with significant involvement of, and at times, explicit direction of the government. Even though the Twitter files saga is still ongoing, these files already exposed Twitter's anti-free speech agenda under its previous leadership. They also illuminated the insidious relationship between government and big tech platforms. Hopefully Musk and the new leadership at Twitter will continue their commitment to transparency and implement pro-free speech policies on the platform. As we enter the new year, help us continue to fight against those who wish to silence anyone who disagrees with radical leftist ideology.
6: The amount of censorship and um, big tech fucking around with shit is almost, almost scary. 2022 was the year for pushing abortion, and here's how the left did it. I'm not even going to cover it because we covered it every time on the show. It was an amazing amount of abortion-centric, full-term, codifying row. They lost their shit. Unfortunately, it helped them in the election. They needed to be dick-slapped to get back from the far leftness as an independent, but it just didn't happen. This guy stepped in it. Senator Scott Wiener, tonight at midnight, SB 107 goes into effect, and California officially becomes a state of refuge for trans kids and their families. As red state pursue 100% laws criminalizing LGBTQ people with incitement to violence, a too common CA stands strong for trans people. More details on SB 107. Okay, Groomer. The law is much darker than they let on. California is now a sexual state for those charged for mutilating children. California is marked to the golden State. You know the, the, the way they get around this stuff is pretty fucking scary. These laws just minute they limit minors, which the majority of Americans agree with. But the courts have gotten so in depth that you uh, like if I'm a parent of a child and my wife's a fucking far left moonbeam, I can't stop her from doing it. And that's the purpose of these laws. You know, you got got to stop the crazy. Politico, Pope was homophobic, pedophile, protector, Hitler, youth, alumnus. There was a lot of kicking the Pope. Uh, The ex-Pope. It's what they do. Then we had a Christmas one that I don't know how this fell through the cracks. I am failing as a podcaster. Vox Video explains in detail, while the story of the poinsettia is a troubling one.
17: This is the poinsettia, also known as La Flor de Nochebuena, The Christmas Star, the lobster flower, the flame leaf, Euphorbia pulcherima, and one of its oldest names, Quetlaxoshi. In the US during the holidays, this plant, usually potted with bright red and green leaves, can be seen everywhere. But the history of how it got here is less obvious. And it's all wrapped up in the controversial legacy of this man, Joel Poinsett. Coinsettias are native to this region, from Mexico down into Central and South America. The Aztec called it cuetlaxoxit, meaning flower that withers. And unlike the potted varieties we see today, in the wild, these plants look like tall shrubs that flower in the winter season. It was a prized plant. The brilliant red-colored leaves, which are leaves and not actually petals, were used to dye textiles while the sap of the plants was used medicinally. And by the 17th century, likely because of those red leaves that bloomed in time for the holiday season, Spanish friars used the flowers to decorate elaborate nativity displays in Mexico. Spanish-speaking Mexicans named it la flor de Nochebuena, the flower of Christmas Eve. And for many in the country, it became forever linked to Christmas time. For hundreds of years, common knowledge of the plant was largely contained to where it grew natively. That is, until Joel Poinsett. In 1825, Poinsett, a diplomat, amateur botanist, and South Carolina native, was appointed as the first ever U.S. minister to Mexico. As the story goes, he came across Cuetlaxoxit in a town called Taxco, took some cuttings, and shipped them off to the U.S. to distribute to his botanist peers. Eventually, they caught on in the U.S. too. They were debuted at an 1829 flower show in Philadelphia. Nurseries began to grow and distribute the plants in the U.S. and its popularity as the Christmas plant exploded. The name poinsettia stuck as a way to celebrate Joel Poinsett's legacy, one that would grow to include not just Minister to Mexico, but U.S. Secretary of War, and founding member of the institution that would later become the Smithsonian. But his legacy is a tainted one. Take Poinsett's time as minister to Mexico, where he aggressively attempted to increase American influence in the country. One letter to Secretary of State Martin Van Buren, focused on the potential to enlighten minds with liberal ideas, revealed his thoughts on the Mexican population, Stating the Spaniards' constant intercourse with the Aborigines, who were and still are degraded to the very lowest class of human beings, contributed to render the Mexicans a more ignorant and debauched people. Poinsett, a slave owner himself back in the U.S., believed racial hierarchy between the indigenous and white Creole population could help progress in Mexico. Poinsett also sought to expand American borders. At the time, the U.S. looked like this and he was tasked with negotiating a deal to buy Texas from Mexico. But before he could negotiate that deal, he ended up meddling so much in Mexican politics that he was asked to leave the country. It happened like this. By helping to establish a network of Freemason groups, known as the largest international secret society, he helped to gather men in Mexico with pro-American politics. Eventually, that organizing laid the groundwork for a public pro-America political party in Mexico to gain steam, angering many within the Mexican government. His interference with local politics created so much conflict that Mexicans even coined the term poinsetismo to describe officious and intrusive conduct. And in 1829, at the request of the Mexican president, Poinsett was removed from his post. A few years later, after returning to the US, he was appointed US Secretary of War. In that role, he oversaw the forcible displacement of an estimated 20,000 indigenous Cherokee people from their homes to push them west as a part of the Indian Removal Act.
6: And then in a change, I usually lend the show and the show with very negative Crazy thing the less said. I want to play some positives. So what I'm going to do is play a montage of Joe Rogan. And while men are necessary in a world that they're trying to stop men from being men. A very inspirational Ben Shapiro about you. Sorry, I'm shaking the fucking table. And then my favorite person of 2020 too was no gregson this guy
5: he brought me a lot of joy talk about you know like masculinity and 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 you know this 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 term that gets thrown around all the time like this toxic masculinity and whatever the fuck that means and uh, you, you, you know i just think that again it's like what are the examples that we're putting forward and what what, what are the examples of 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 people, you know, as as fathers, what 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 kind of men are you surrounding yourself by? What what are the things that are important to you? And I I think it's, it's not, uh, to me, at least, it's it's not, you know, some sort of rejection of these classically masculine traits. I I, I think that, you know, having the ability and and understanding you have the responsibility to keep your family safe is is absolutely essential in, in, in being a man. In, yeah. in, in in providing. Uh, I, I think having a, a healthy relationship with violence, having an understanding of it. I think, um, y- you know, teaching your kids to, to, to have a relationship with violence where, 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 you know, they're not being ruled by fear or shame, but they can have some sort of understanding, some sort of, um, some sort of, uh, you know, f- they, they can touch it, they understand it a little bit, they know what they're doing. I think it's essential. Um, and I also think, you know, being accepting, being kind, being open, uh, you know, being generous, being empathetic are also, uh, 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 you know, part of being a man. And, and I think that, you know, oftentimes, because so many of the people, I think, who, who um, you know, are kind of leading the charge on, on, on and, and who have, you know, so much, sort of have so much of the platform at their disposal, are kind of leading in these sort of toxic ways where it's all a bunch of bombast and bullshit. And to me, you know, like it's been my experience, you, 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 you know, folks who really know what they're doing in, in, in that world um, re- really don't need to, you know, show off about it at all. You know, right. the people that are high achievers, they don't really have
9: to beat their own chest. And I think that's right. Blow their own horn. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah, what we think of as toxic masculinity is really a bunch of losers. So I, a lot of it is like the worst example. But you, you could get the same, you know, there's no term toxic femininity, right? But there's there's toxic human beings and some of them happen to be male mm-hmm. and some of them happen to be female. But it's not an indictment on male, <laughs> right. you know, the male gender of the species. That's right. cr- crazy. Right. And the idea that you don't need men, that somehow or another like the female is the future it's like what are you talking We're about down. That's crazy yeah. you need a balance there's a yin and a yang in this life for a reason that's right all of it goes together that's right it's just everybody has to do better that's
5: right yeah. and and I think that's something that i've really you know go you know on this the, the, this thing that I'm trying to do i'm i'm really just trying to to, to put up examples of that men and women who who, who again really really walk that walk and, and and are not leading with sort of just you know, and and trying to give whatever platform I have to those kinds of people who are real examples of
16: that. There's nothing wrong with saying I care about my family more than I care about everybody else. I do care about my family more than I care about everybody else, and if, and everyone does. And if they say they don't, they're lying. And whenever somebody says I'm a citizen of the world, I care about everybody equally, they're completely full of shit. That's not true at all. And anybody who claims that in the name of their love for all of humanity they get to run humanity is a tyrant. And so you know, recognizing that the the way to live a durable life and the, and the things that are important is to embed yourself in these structures that are durable and good and positive, you're going to live a happier life. And I think we're leading an unhappier life because we have decided that what we really are in the end is, a, is my subjective sense of authenticity. What I am is what I want. My desires are me. Your desires are not you. What you are is your action in the world, particularly with regard to people that you care about and others. That is how you interact with the world. And when your desires are you, what that means is that the only way you live in a good world is if all of society mirrors your desires back at you. And society is not capable of mirroring all your desires back at you, nor will that f- fulfill you anyway. You're just narcissists at that point. You're looking in the mirror and you're saying, this is the God that I worship. That's not the way that that works. For all of human history, it's been duties that make people feel embedded. It's been the things that you do for other people and duties that you fulfill to the world that make you feel good. The, the best example that I use about this is, you know, if you want to know what people think of their lives, when they sum up their lives, and what makes people fulfilled, all you have to do is go to a cemetery. Go to a cemetery and read the tombstones. If you go to a cemetery and you read the tombstones, they all say the same stuff. They don't say, was transgender. They don't say, engaged in this many sexual activities. They not, not yet, say, not yet. They not, might soon, though. I don't think they ever will. I think that, that every, every one of them is going to say, beloved husband, beloved father, beloved mother, beloved wife, beloved, beloved sister. Right? It is roles that you play in the world that are good, because we were built for those roles. Evolutionarily, we're built for those roles. Human beings are incredibly adaptive. But there are certain roles that are just common to all cultures. And when we take those roles and we destroy them because they make demands on us and we don't like demands. if you say that you have a role in the world, like to get back to the dating conversation, your role in the world is to be a good husband. That is a role in the world that you need to fulfill. People are like, I don't want to be a good husband. That's a lot of duty. Okay, but that duty is what's going to liberate you. It's going to make you actually capable of living a better life in the world and expanding your own boundaries and your own horizons as to who you are and what you care about. It's going to make you a better person. Marriage makes you a better person. Commitment makes you a better person. Being a parent makes you a better person. It changes who you are, and more importantly, it does something for somebody else that makes you worthwhile. Otherwise, otherwise, what are you? You're a ball of meat walking around with a set of desires, and then you die. Like, what, what, what exactly is the, what is the, what is the thrill of that? I understand the momentary thrill of it, but I don't understand the idea that there's any sort of true fulfillment or happiness. The ancients understood this. We don't understand this because we've boiled everything down to the Freudian sex impulse, but this is but but the the reality is that you look at any religion, any ancient wisdom, you look at the Greeks, you look at the Romans, you look at Cicero, you look at Aristotle, you look at Plato, you look at you look at Judaism, you look at Christianity, you look at Catholicism, you look at you look at Islam. you get any serious system of thought that is that has abided for thousands of years, and they all say the same thing. And what they all say is that pursuit of temporary joy is not the same thing as happiness, and that the way that you actually reach, you know, to, to you know, paraphrase Russell Crowe in, in in Gladiator, the way that you echo into eternity, is not by pursuing your personal desires, but by fulfilling your duties. And then there's and there's and what's beautiful about that is that there there are actual swaths of freedom in how you perform those duties. That's where the choice comes in, right? I'm a good parent, which means I get to decide how I raise my kid within certain boundaries. I don't get to abuse my children. I don't get to teach them things that are overtly false. You know, I think that their parents are doing that now by treating their kids sort of like small dogs or, or, or purses and treating them, you know, as though they don't have independent beings that you're trying to shape. But, you know, the the, the idea that that you as a parent have responsibilities, but that you have freedoms within that responsibility, where I send my kids to school, how I choose to raise my kid in terms of the values that they hold within certain specified boundaries without destroying the role itself. Like, that's where, that's where the fun in life lies. I get, there are boundaries in my marriage, but within those boundaries, I get to have all sorts of wonderful and fun experiences with my wife, but it's the boundaries that make the marriage count. Right? In the end, it's the boundaries that matter. And If you blur the boundaries or obliterate the boundaries, what you end up with is what Emile Durkheim, the first sociologist, called enemy. Enemy is a state of essentially dispossession and confusion, chaos, internal chaos, and it's generated by, by too many choices, by choice paralysis. and it, it leads to suicidal ideation. It leads people to despair. People need rules of the road. They need things to do. They need relations with other people. They need a place. They need to feel embedded. And when they don't feel embedded, which is what you're seeing in American society right now, the internet has really exacerbated this, then what you end up with is a bunch of chaotic people who are feeling depressed, who are feeling suicidal, or feeling disconnected from others who don't feel a purpose for their lives. And then they don't know what to do. And then we turn around, and we blame things like, oh, it's intolerance. It's not societal intolerance. That's not the problem. The problem is that you don't know what to do when you wake up in the morning. That's the problem. The problem is that you don't know what the next 10 years of your look like, of your life look like. That's the problem. And when you ask young people these things, like, what, what do you see for yourself? If you had asked me, so I, I think, thank God, I've led a really happy life. If you had asked me, it's funny, people say, like, do you see where you are in life? as If you were 15 or 16, do you see that this is how your life would have turned out? In some ways, not. I didn't know I was going to be into politics. At 17, I would have said, but once I knew kind of the career path I was going to take, I actually would have said yes. This is exactly what my life was going to look like. I was going to live in a religious community. I was going to be married. I was going to have several children. I was going to live near my parents. I was going to live near my siblings. I was going to send my kids to a school that, that reflected my values. And because I worked really hard, I felt like I was going to be successful business-wise also. So yeah, because, I, because I, I sort of knew what were the things I was supposed to do. And we removed all of the guideposts, right? If I could describe myself in one word, it'd be very shy and not talkative.
14: Nah, I'm just f-ing with
4: you. Four in a row.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
6: we are not sure. I've
14: been working all weekend. I'm tired. I cannot sleep. I want to have fun. What's well, up, it? NBC Sports? I'm putting on my gear. About to go do some laughs.
6: I got to say, that's probably one of the most important sound bites that I think people can hear. I remember being a drill sergeant, and when I got off the trail, I was supposed to go and run a range. Um, when you're at um when you're an infantry dude, you're kinda fucked. Um I was at South Carolina. I was supposed to go to Fort Benning um and be a drill sergeant, but then a whole company got caught screwing privates. And the next thing you know, I am I'm getting sent with everybody else in my class to Fort Jackson, where we become drill sergeants there and basically take over whole companies, you know, the class, which was you know, pretty cool, because um, you you know knew, you you knew each other, and uh, when I got done, I w- couldn't do that. They were short um, executive officers, and um, I ended up having to stay and be an executive officer slash training NCO, and um, you know, I had a hard time. I've been go 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 gadget legs, and all of a sudden I don't have a job, really. And I remember I got in an argument with a major, and you know he, the first time in my life I got locked up. You know he's a good physician, and it was all being a dick. And he was a great guy because he gave me good information. But years later he got caught in a sexual harassment thing at West Point and got fired, um, kicked out of the army, which is discerning. I mean, he was a general, but he said you put all your worth in your uniform. When the most important thing is right here. And he tapped my picture on my, ta- on my desk of my kids and my wife. I didn't get it at the time, but years later, it struck me that he was right. The only accomplishment I'd ever accomplished really in you know, most of us, you know, even the sainted uh, media elite who think they make such an important contribution to society, when it's all said and done, somebody else goes in and writes those articles. You don't exist anymore. And so with my career in the military, uh, the last day I didn't have uniform or uh, gear. They sent me out and I, I, you know, willingly went out and I taught a class on CQB. um, Entering and clearing rooms. And I'm out there in a soft cap and BDUs. And they drove me back. The next morning I woke up. My trailer was hooked up. I'd slept in it. Unhooked everything. And I drove away. And as I drove out of the gate, which was uh, 50 miles from a highway, I said, don't look back. And then I stopped and filled up a gas at the gas station that was way overpriced. I mean, it was the prices we pay now in California back then um, because of all their taxation. And as I drove towards Needles, You pass part of the base, you can see the mountains. And I looked and realized it was over. The Army just kept going. When I got done with my calf career and we had to close everything up and the business was over and I'm taking these executives from Gulls around to all the stores and they're in the front seat talking about how they're going to take all that equipment and they're going to basically put everybody unemployed. Everybody's going to be unemployed. There will be no stores left. And it's right in front of me. And I applied for a job in the car and I got a phone call the next day in the car and I accepted the job in front of them. And they go, did you just accept a job? I go, yeah, it's pretty obvious you weren't keeping me. And they go, no, no, we weren't. But we want to keep you on an advisory role. So you'll get your normal pay. So for six months, they paid me like I was working, but I really wasn't. Whenever they had a question, they called me. But it was demoralizing. I mean, I, I had been with them since 20, 2006. And this was 11 years later. And everything I had built, because I had, you know, not by myself, but I had built this whole 12-store dynasty. And we were we were profitable even at the end. It was the rest of the business, wasn't it? And it was just gone. And then I go through it again. I build a store. I get it profitable. I literally destroy my body. And because I was sick, they just pushed me out the door. So what's my point? None of that matters. It really doesn't. The thing that's important to me is my wife and my son and my daughter who hates me, who is one of these liberals who thinks because my point of view is different than her that I am evil and she doesn't want me around her and her grandkids. All over George Floyd because I said what was done was wrong, but burning down cities ain't right. And because I was against that, social media and the left told her to hate me. And so she did. I just taken her kids, gone up to North Dakota, drove back, and we didn't have the money at the time. We dug into savings, gave them a good summer, took them back, and she disowned us. And it was just like that. But she still means something to me, as does my son, who's 33, and my wife. That's all that matters. Everything else just doesn't matter. And if you're finding self-value through your job or your presence on social media or whatever it it, none of that matters because eventually you're gone eventually our lives end I'm 55 my health's horrible hopefully this operation will fix it but by the time I'm 70 I'm probably gone and nobody's going to remember me there's not going to be a building name after me I never thought that I was a realist growing up unless you can cure cancer or you're Elon Musk. Nobody remembers you. I mean, as silly as it is, I'm being cremated, but I wanted a headstone in a veteran cemetery, which I was afforded. You know, I could be in Arlington if I wanted to, but I picked a local one just because at least my headstone will live on. There'll be someplace my name and my wife's name will be. And yeah, I don't like the way they do it with a wife's name on the back, but we'll be dead. And half of our ashes will be buried in this very narrow path of like three feet in a vet cemetery for the cremateds. But I'll I'll have something with my name on it. But what will they remember? My kids. My kids' kids. That's That's your self-worth. Nothing else you do will really matter. None of the money you have is going to matter. Someday you'll be dead. That money will be the state's because <laughs> you fucked up somehow on your will. Um, so I thought that was a great, great, great point. And, of course, Joe Rogan's apropos every time. Last but not least, we're going to a really funny, lighter fair. Um, which will, I'll just go straight in. Here's the highlights from my, my Packers just handed the Vikings their ass. One more win, and we're in.
10: Conatel, the defensive coordinator, looking on, see if they can force a three and out, as the Packers did to the Vikings on third and three. Rodgers dancing around and flings it downfield, with his off the fingertips of Aaron Jones. It was a good pass. Leaves the hand spinning like crazy. Exactly right. O'Donnell in the punt. Oh, and that did they get it? They got it. They got it. It's blocked. It's picked up at the. S- at the two yard line, incredible. Third and goal.
6: After the block punt.
10: And again, they're gonna go to Cook. And again, the Packers are on him and push him back. He maybe didn't even make it back to the line of scrimmage. O'Connell says, we're going field goal. We've already had three tries. 21 yards delivered by Greg Joseph. NFC Special Teams Player of the Year after his franchise record 61 yard winner last week. On both sides so far, nine plays, only 12 yards total for both teams combined, no first downs. This is Nixon, who's dangerous. Oh, here he goes! My goodness! He's taken it the distance!
9: you talked about how dangerous he is. The most kick return yards in the NFL, and he shows it right there. He had a 94-yard kick return last week, and here he
10: is again. Wow. So Cousins, on third and three, stays in the pocket, got it up top, almost. The circus catch by Hawkinson, but instead, again, three and out for Minnesota. That's huge, isn't it, Tony, the Packers toss it. Aaron Jones gallops to the other side of the 50. It's all these things. Well, that's hard now for a guy who hasn't been there all week. After a 15-yard gain, they go basically to the same play, tossing it out to the right side Uh there. And Jones and to the arms of Slayton. AJ Dillon comes in for the Packers. And this time we'll toss it to the other side. It gets around Zedarius Smith, the former teammate and just barely gets back to the line good stand those last two snaps by the vikings defense fourth and one here we go play action rogers in trouble and sack ball comes out at the end scooped up by minnesota oh what a play by this vikings defense well played by alexander that was the first target to jefferson he knocked it loose third and ten there's Hawkinson holding on and again it's douglas who wraps him up doesn't let go and they stop him about two to three yards short they shift jefferson to a slot to the right side there's the pass down the middle and it's broken up and intercepted off the deflection is picked off savage got blockers in front only cousins is down there he won't get him And the Packers have a second return in the opening quarter for a touchdown. What a kickoff. What a pick. Unbelievable. What a job by Douglas. Hamstring calf.
9: You never know. Hopefully he's okay.
10: Third and 11. Cousins one for nine to start the game. Looking around, seeing Packers everywhere. Decides to take off. Great decision as Cousins shows a little burst and picks up the first down on the green bay side of the field hasn't missed a game because of injury since 2015 he did miss the game here last year because of covid here he is setting up a screen to cook cook's got a first down and that was a good call to inside the 30. trying to see no one's running in motion you get the back motion them down all of a sudden you know starting out with four lined up on the left and it comes to cook look at this four packers Surround him, and hold him to one. Tornan Schlotman, who's out for the rest of the game. Here's Joseph, 46 yards, wide of the mark. He had made his last 14 attempts. Third and ten. There's Lazard for the first down. Second first down. Got him, Lazard. You just mentioned it. Third down. They like to go to him. I'll tell you one second. Well, oh, they got Joe Bo- Joey Bosa back too. Coming back as Jones picks up the first down as he goes for about nine. Big part of the offense last week, including a touchdown. Second and three. Jones finds the hole, and they are running the football on this drive. Third and goal, thirteenth play of this drive pass incomplete looking for lazard and again another former packer on the coverage sullivan 26 yards
9: and that kick is good so much of it is really the scheme change getting the eyes on and then changing up the coverages
10: up the middle cook's got room and he falls forward near the mark well i think this snap count right here isn't going to be too crazy lift your leg up or put your hand down <laughs> on one got the first down as osborne oh gets that's gotta be a hammered. penalty
9: that's not a there point. it
10: is that looked like a wrestling move no question <laughs> you're burping on my guess i guess, yeah, I guess is what it is first and ten. Oh, that ball may have been tipped it was and amos has it he's out of bounds at the 40. Sometimes they go away Or do they get better. Here's a third and one and Jones taking off into the secondary Oh Tunyon help with that Outstanding play call eight fourth
9: quarter comeback wins most all-time four wins after trailing by ten points in the fourth quarter That's crazy.
10: So they're not out of it, but second and 11 Rogers backs up the by time to the end zone touchdown Robert Tunyon! Just 2.37 to go in the half. And that's Osborne. Comes to a stop about a yard past the first. Nothing so far today. Third and five. Down the middle they go, and it's Osborne. Tumbles for the first. I really like Osborne. He's come on.
9: You know at the end of the first half every year they go eight touchdowns i mean do you even get
10: eight in a year sometimes second and two and almost Douglas thought about going after it jefferson at the bottom alexander shoves him at the line of scrimmage they set up screen to madison madison through traffic down to about the 32. it's different on these surface on real grass without your feet underneath you yeah the new cleats haven't made a difference since he changed this from 50 for joseph oh <laughs> he missed it again
9: Take your shot, you can go over the
10: middle here, and quickly, and get up and get down, and run up and clock it. Tunyon. 56 to close out the half. Gives it his best, is it enough? Hits! The crossbar, and goes through! (laughs) Right out of the Justin Tucker playbook. Unbelievable! Third and three. Up the middle they go first down Hawkinson able to get position and move the chains with his fifth catch for 45 total
9: the other hey, one is they gotta just throw not. him the ball once right just throw him a smoke route get the ball to jefferson
10: there's cousins there he is Thielen with the catch on the packer's side at the 47 first catch for Thielen goes boy for not. 16. Here's Cousins gonna run it. It's gonna work for a second time. Another big gain. He already had his longest rush of the year earlier in this game for 19. Okay. If 91 brooks is you just throwing the ball, quick little out, something easy. Second and nine. There you go. Timely discussion as they get to the 15. They don't know exactly how to defend him. Well, he's in the slot against the D lineman. Give it to him. Ball's knocked out of his hands and recovered by Green Bay. Kenny Clark did it all. He got to the quarterback, popped the ball out of his hands. We got and 10 great. guys. Somebody just run out there. Somebody just Somebody jump just jumped run on right. the field. One of you, 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 come on. 11 on 10. Here you go. Randall Cobb, first down. You know, get down the field with Watson.
9: See all the space, the speed? They're giving him credit now
10: completes it to watson his first grab he's got a first down 19. very difficult two, oh. Second and five the option first option not there that one is that's lazard with a nice catch
9: i think only the one or two seed is 19. coming out of the nfc this year i just think that the home field is so important complete to dobbs at you and win other ways that's hard
10: Handoff to Dylan, plowing ahead. Dylan, gonna get a push, but the Vikings push back. He's gonna have the first and goal for Green Bay, two yards out. Mike Tippy, our technical director. Here we go, first and goal. Dylan got the shove, got the six. That's now six rushing touchdowns. In five games for AJ Dillon. With Jalen Hurts again sidelined today. Here's Cousins launching a long one and he's intercepted. It's Rudy Ford. Ford with their fourth takeaway of the game. You know, I know 18. what they're saying because they they were
9: saying that Jim Nance comes in town. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But There's I said, Rogers.
10: no. <laughs> That's not it. Good job. Touche. <laughs> Tanya down to the 10. Well, you know, you go back. The first game we ever did. Minnesota was a 17-point favorite. They've got Taylor as they continue to sit. Jones and Dillon. who put in good work all day. Rogers on the run. Puff <laughs> fake. freeze it.
0: The walrus has delighted locals and tourists after appearing in a North Yorkshire seaside town. The marine mammal arrived in Scarborough on Friday night and has drawn huge crowds to the harbour on New Year's Eve. Local wildlife experts have asked people not to disturb the creature, saying he appears to be taking a break in Scarborough and will move on in a few days once he is rested enough to continue his journey north. It is believed to be the first time a walrus has been spotted in Yorkshire, and a cordon has been put around him to keep excited crowds from getting too close. It's amazing how much attention it's brought. It's the first time I've ever seen one. It's huge. We see seals quite regularly round Scarborough coastline, but something of that size, it's enormous.
6: I saw that walrus thing and just thought it was Fantastic. Which brings us to, Je- I think it's Jesse Kelly. Um, let me make sure. Yeah. It's time. It's hilarious meme thread time. You know the rules. There are no rules. Do your worst. This one the dog ain't getting walked, <laughs> which is pretty fucking mean. Crypto 2021, Crypto 2022. Mean. Funny. I like a man who takes risk. You're getting fat. That's just mean. That's a mean tweet. Walmart. Due to extreme cold weather, we highly recommend all our Shepard wears two pairs of pajamas. God, man, I was there the other morning at 6 o'clock. Ain't no freaking way the entire Siberian orchestra is trans. Trans Trans-Siberian. Very funny. Liberals on Twitter today and watching other people have free speech. And that is just... That's it, man. They are wrapping up, just ramping up their anti-fucking disinformation, violence. Because remember, violence is everything they don't agree with. You deserve a vacation. No. Now, we already covered that last podcast. Prison guard, what do you want for your last meal? I don't care whatever you want. That's hilarious because that is my life right there. The fat stripper must be cleaned out every day. That's hilarious. 2016, found a picture of your grandma. 2090, that's going to be so true. The 2022, it's pee. That You know, that's me, man. I've been a cup empty motherfucker. It's not good. You have stolen our dreams in childhood getting that cobalt for you. And that's so fucking true. These people don't realize we want to strip mile, mile mine, the planet to make all the fucking batteries and fucking solar panels. They want, I mean the company that came here and I went through the tour and they built buildings on Austin P all part of cylinder type shit under the Obama administration out of, out of business billion dollars plant it became a hyundai plant sorry kid there's no song to explain this crap and that pretty much comes to a perfect end of 2022 because even though the media is twisting it as a great you know they did so many good bills let's be honest your, cl- your climate bill was called the Inflation Reduction Act, which did not reduce any inflation. It was just spending money on green boondoggles to land up just like Solyndra. They all do. They're paying people who do their donations. That's the gist. So, this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Share this with your family and friends and go to SoundCloud, Flyover Politic with a K. Rumble, 482467, and foppodcast at gmail.com for any feedback you like. I got one the other day. Somebody was saying, what was that beeping sound? And I have a Twitter downloader. Um, to be quite honest, I think I'm good at tech, but I don't even know how to uninstall this motherfucker because that damn beep drives me shit crazy. But what it does is any video in Twitter, it just becomes part of the script. And there is a button I push and it does it for all downloads. It lets me know the downloads are started and they're complete and it's just fucking annoying. I hate it. Anyway. Disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yas. Yeah. So let's go for a I'm a day ahead as usual. Let's go for Friday, the 6th or the 7th, will be our next show. I failed miserably. I'm gonna edit this down. We're at 210 now, but I'm gonna try to get it back down to a modest time that I'm not hitting. But as usual, I thank you all for listening. Stay safe out there in the south. A lot of bad weather right now, which is why I'm sitting here in workout care, and I didn't work out. But tomorrow I'm back on the road. And uh, tune in this weekend for another show. Take care.